Hello, uh, Lily Head here, and welcome to today's conversation around dental insurance. Uh, this is part of our Dental Business Transactions podcast library. I have great pleasure in introducing Tom Chaston. Tom is co-founder and director at All Med Pro. Um, they are specialist professional insurance brokers to the healthcare sector, obviously in the dental arena, but also to medical professionals such as GPs and consultants, opticians, veterinary practices and other commercial clients. So Tom, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on, Lily. It's a pleasure. Um, Tom, you're, you're celebrating 10 years, I hear, as are we at Lily Head. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, thank you. It's, it's been some journey, hasn't it, since we sort of first, uh, first met up at the, uh, the BDIA show that I think it was at the time. And uh, yeah, we're going into our 10th year coming up in 2021. So it's, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but it's been good. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think um, we set the business up, always wanted to be a bit of a one-stop shop for, for dentists primarily. And I, I still think today, you know, 95% of our clients are dental focused, um, but we are probably best known for, for providing dental indemnity cover and, um, and practice insurance at the moment. Although there is a, a lot more that we do offer clients. That's good. Yes, and I know, obviously, it's been a pleasure working alongside you for all these years. Um, and as you say, what a year we've all had. Um, I think today, really, it would be good to, obviously, just to mention that this is the first of two interviews that we are going to be doing together, covering a variety of subjects. But I think today we're going to sort of start discussing, distilling, really, lessons from 2020 that dentists can take into 2021 and beyond. Um, and, of course, let's start off with the biggest challenge of 20 is the, the impact of COVID. So um, yeah. I'd like to ask you now, what has AllMed Pro done to support dentists from an indemnity perspective? Sure, so uh, yeah, it is kind of the elephant in the room, isn't it? You know, the whole COVID and, and the way that insurance companies have supported clients through that time. I mean, in respect to indemnity, I mean, what, what we saw early on is some providers offering big refunds and some other providers doing absolutely nothing to, to help their clients. What we wanted to do was take a bit of a balanced approach to it. So for us, we looked at the situation and we wanted to make sure that whatever we did was right for the individual client's needs, not just a, a one size fits all. I mean, we were speaking to clients who, you know, many of which had completely stopped working uh, altogether. We spoke to many who had just simply reduced their hours and they were providing triage services and uh, an urgent dental care services. So they were still working, but it was on a much reduced you know, capacity. So we looked at that and, and along, alongside that we have clients that pay you know, for their premiums monthly and other clients that pay in full. We, we didn't think that offering blanket refunds was the right way to go about um, supporting clients. And the reason for that really was, you know, we, we, we looked at it, we didn't think that the risk of claims coming in during the COVID period for treatment given pre-COVID was gonna be particularly reduced. So, you know, what we didn't want to do was reduce the pot of premium funds available to pay claims and then still be hit with the same volume of claims that you would normally get. Uh, because the only path that leads down is for premium increases post-COVID, you know, and probably to levels which were higher than pre-COVID. You know, and I think in the dental sector, there's been an issue over, certainly over the last 10 years that we've seen, with premiums going up and up and up every single year. So the last thing that we wanted to do after COVID was be coming out of you know that that tricky period with with big big premium increases. So, what we uh, what we looked at doing instead was, you know, um, reducing the cover uh, for clients that 
you know, in terms of the number of sessions being worked and things like that. So effectively providing clients with a part-time rate if they were still doing triage uh, and urgent care. So that, that generated some rebates um, for those clients. Um, but for other clients, you know, we issued uh, two-month policy extensions at no cost to the client. So we tried to reflect the fact that clients weren't actually doing you know, the same degree of work and activities for you know, two, three months uh, by giving them the extra two months at the end. Um, and at the same time, that would, that, that's not going to be you know, taking premium out of the insurer's pocket and giving it back uh, to, to policyholders, meaning that we're keeping the premium pot really healthy. So it should uh, lead to more sustainable premiums long term, uh, thus avoiding big premium, premium hikes. So that, that was what we felt you know, the, um, the right approach would be. Uh, for some clients that were paying monthly, we were able to negotiate ex- extra things like you know, um, uh, direct debit freezes and uh, monthly direct debit reductions on a temporary basis with our finance providers uh, partners. So you know, we were able to do extra bits as well. Um, and to be fair, you know, speaking to a lot of our clients, they were pretty happy with the balanced approach. We explained what we were doing and why we were doing it and the fact that we were trying to protect them for the long, the long run. Not yeah. just a case of, you know, here's three, four, five hundred pound refund, you know, it was, well, let's have a look at this. What can we do? Whilst yeah. also making sure you're not going to be exposed, you know, in four, five, six months time when, when we're all hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, um, back to some form of normality, whatever that new normal looks like. You know, we don't want your premium to be going up 20, 30, 40% just because we've got to try now recover uh, money and funds um, from the COVID period, you know, through giving reductions and still paying claims. So, you know, it, it's trying to protect clients for the long haul, really, is what we've tried to do. That sounds very good because you're taking a very flexible approach as well. Um, and I know certainly in all walks of life, I know of people that are under pressure, they've taken a knee jerk reaction and they've cancelled mm. policies which of course is catastrophic because they're not thinking long-term. And I'm sure you must have seen some instances like that where you're, you know, flagging up these kind of concerns that you have with clients that have just put the brakes on everything because cash flow obviously is critical. It is exactly. And I think that that was one thing we were extremely mindful of is is the cash flow. Uh, You know, I mean, clearly the private sector has been hit, I think, harder than the NHS sector. Um, however, it doesn't mean the NHS hasn't had its own issues during that time. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were very, very aware that not everybody had the funds to continue paying their indemnity premiums. You know, they're not, they're not small premiums either a lot of the time. They're quite big expenses for clients. And so, you know, the level of support that we could give them in terms of their own cash flow was quite important. But you, you mentioned an interesting point about cancellations. I mean, that could have catastrophic implications for the dentist if they are on a certain type of indemnity policy they may be really exposed in respect of the retrospective cover for treatment they've already given you know there's been a lot of publicity and we'll sort of come on to this later on in the conversation I think but um, you know there's different types of indemnity cover particularly with the evolution of the insurance market getting more involved and some cover um, just provides cover in respect to retrospective claims for retirement and death only. So, you know, cancelling your policy due to a pandemic would not provide you with the reassurance um, that you're going to be protected if a claim arises from the work you've done previously. You know, that then leads on to whether you have bigger issues in respect of the GDC compliance. You know, all of a sudden you, you can't guarantee that the patients that you've looked after can uh, realistically and practically make a claim for negligence if something's gone wrong. 
So you end up with lots of other issues to think about. So, I mean, I, I don't think we've had any cancellations. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think that we've had cancellations. I think, you know, we offer different types of cover. So we're one of the few providers in the insurance market to be able to offer different types of cover. Um, so we've got clients on certain policies where if they took the option, you know, they really couldn't afford to pay anything, there was no other alternative for them, but they had to cancel. We do have a cover option which would ensure that they are protected for retrospective claims. So it would be a case of making sure we give the correct advice around that. Absolutely. And obviously, it, it's good to know that, you know, you can give that kind of advice to people, that sometimes, you know, there are people out there in dire circumstances um, and that you can offer. And I'm, I'm assuming that people, and we can get to that at the end of the chat, but there are people that can phone you up and, and book a review with you and you can go through all their circumstances if they're particularly uh, in a difficult position right now um, and just yeah. review what's available out there and what's not essential and what's a good to have and what's a must have. Exactly. What I wanted to ask you as well was, are there any other industries like hot topics that are really sort of important right now? Um, you know, possibly long, lost amongst the melee of all the COVID. Is there anything that's a real hot, hot chestnut right now? Indemnity again is, is the biggie. A lot of evolution in that market. I mean, there's lots of new providers that have come in in the last few years. Uh, and that brings, you know, that brings some positives as well as some... Um, some challenges as well. So, I mean, so, some of the advantages to that is premium competitiveness. I mean, in a, in a market where you've got a lot more providers, they're all competing for business and so it drives premiums down. But the risk you get with that is the expertise, you know, is not necessarily as strong as what it once was. And so the advice, the transparency, you know, the quality of products as well suffers as a result, potentially. And we are aware of products in the market that are just probably not really fit for purpose. Um, yeah. We've got non-specialists that have come in and we've seen advice which is a little bit sketchy. I mean, to be honest, we've seen advice given uh, to dentists from um, so-called industry experts and actually the advice that has been given is, is pretty, pretty poor. I mean, you know, there's a big thing at the moment about whether clients should be going for a claims made policy or claims occurrence cover. Those are the two main types of cover that are available to dentists in the indemnity and insurance markets at the moment. And we offer both, you know, this is what I was saying earlier, you know, we, we are one of the few providers that can offer clients either a claims made policy or a claims occurrence. Claims occurrence covers the client um, for the treatment provided whilst the policy was live, no matter how far into the future a claim arises. So, you know, the likes of dental protection, the DDU, MDDUS, they provide that type of cover to individual dentists as a matter of course. So that that way of um, you know purchasing cover won't be completely alien to dentists. The other type of cover is claims made, which is where you know the policy will only respond to claims that are first reported to the insurer during the period of insurance. Um, that you know that has limitations. That has areas of potential ambiguity, particularly if you're switching providers. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, what if what if you need to cancel a policy under weird circumstances or unusual circumstances? And, um, and and the policy only responds in the event of retirement and death for retrospective yeah. activities. You know, you've got all these grey areas and, um, and we're quite proud of the fact that we can give our clients impartial advice. So our recommendation is always to go for claims occurrence if you have the option available to you because it takes away the ambiguity. It ensures a client's going to be covered if they switch providers or or you know if they retire or if they take a career break or in the event of COVID if they need to cancel a policy 
they're not going to lose out on cover, so they remain fully GDC compliant. You know, there's a lot, lot less moving parts with it. And, um, you know, some of the arguments being put forward in support of claims made, just, I just, I personally, I find them a little bit unusual. Um, I mean, despite all that, most of our clients do go for a claims made policy, despite the advice to go for occurrence. And some of the historic issues around claims made, um, you know, aren't quite as prominent as maybe was the case five or six years ago, because you've got a lot more providers in the market now it takes away some of the risk that existed when there was a much smaller market. I mean, 10 years ago when we came in, you know, offering this sort of cover, there was probably only three or four providers outside of the big three discretionary organisations that really supported dentists with indemnity cover, you know, and, uh, and now there's, I don't know, probably seven or eight at least. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, probably four or five that offer half decent levels of cover. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it is an interesting one. Um, but again, you know, what, what we've done is we've developed things to try and offer that advice, offer the transparency, the impartiality. You know, we've got things like dentists uh, built into our, our support service. So if a client needs to be able to pick up the phone and speak to a dentist or speak to a, you know, an, a, an experienced healthcare or dental lawyer, uh, they can do that. I mean, we talked about some of the issues around COVID and what should I do and how do I proceed and, and those sorts of things. Well, with us, you know, they, at no extra cost, they can pick up the phone and speak yeah. to somebody. You know, we have a similar sort of thing here, whereas we have the year of, of, the, of the leading dental expert solicitors and accountants, yeah. and it's, it's providing that wraparound support really for your clients, isn't it? And, you know, listening to the challenges you've faced, you know, it's quite extraordinary that um, to even consider just going for a cheaper policy just to save a few pounds, um, the risk, and it is just not worth it, is it, whatsoever? Um, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's not. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've really tried to do uh, uh, is position ourselves as a business where we offer the elite packages for insurance. So we, we're not really interested in being the cheapest. We're not really interested in getting into an auction with other providers. And when you're all sort of, you know, it's a, it's a race to the bottom, isn't it? You know, and at the end of the day, if you, if you get into that situation, then there's going to be concessions being made somewhere. You're going to be sacrificing bits of cover that you've got to strip out to try and get to the price point that y your competitors are offering it at. And we're not really interested in doing that. You know, if someone wants to go and save money for a much more inferior proposition, then, then that's up to them. You know, I mean, we're all about trying to offer something which is going to do, do the job. You know, we've got involved in the last couple of years in terms of offering, you know, a greater range of risk management services as well, whether it's online CPD or uh, hands-on implant workshop events. So we're trying to really help the dental community long-term. It's not about, this isn't a short-term thing for us. Although we've been in, you know, we set, we're coming into our 10th year of business, you know, we set the company up in 2011. Uh, Adam, my co-founder, who you know very well as well, and, and myself, you know, we've looked after dentists for a lot longer than just the, you know, the time that all MedPro have been, have been running. So yes, for us, this is very much this is for this is this is very much a long term thing, trying to support dentists and um, no. and not just come in, make a quick buck and get out. You know. No, I agree, and you know, and it's giving that kind of cover to people, um, and it's getting the right insurance is so important. And I remember an analogy my husband gave me because he used to be on the RNLI, and he mm -hmm. used to say to people, you know, when I tell you to put on a life jacket, I mean it, and you need to put it on because the last place you want to be is in the yeah. ocean. Think, thinking to yourself, I wished I put on my life jacket, because often people leave it too late and they leave themselves exposed. Um, so, 
Well, that's all very interesting, isn't it, really? And it's about ultimately what's doing what's best for the dentist as well. It is, um, it is. I think, I think one of the other things you mentioned, sorry to cut in as well, about what's hot at the moment, you know, it's um, the, the coronavirus, COVID business interruption claims is another thing which had a, a pretty big impact on us this year. You know, we do, I sort of touched on it at the start of the conversation, really. We, we provide a lot of dental practices with our practice insurance, which as part of that package, it includes cover for loss of revenue. So, you know, the practice being closed due to a pandemic is something which a lot of dentists, I think, would, ex and not just dentists, to be fair, most business owners expect would be covered. Um, and to their dismay, they found out that actually, I don't think any policies, uh, very, very few policies across the whole insurance sector have actually offered cover for it. You know, so the problem with that, of course, is you've got all these practices that are told to close. Um, I mean, in, in our sector, in the dental sector, you know, they weren't, they weren't really closed by the government lockdown, were they? They were, they were closed by the dental regulators because of the, uh, the AGPs. Yeah. You know, that was the big, that was the big thing. So, you know, the, the, those sorts of procedures being deemed high risk, uh, so the practice has to close. You've got a loss of revenue issue there, you know, and for a lot of the private practices in particular, they just weren't prepared for it and understandably and it and I think it quite a lot of them have struggled. Yeah. So so the current situation with all of that is there there was a um still is a high court test case going through. The FCA have lodged a legal challenge against insurance companies um to the High Court. Uh that doesn't involve every single insurance company and it doesn't involve every single insurance policy wording either. So that's quite an important thing for, I guess, your listeners to be aware of. I think a lot of people have assumed that if the test case finds in favour of the policyholder, then happy days, we're going to be covered. Unfortunately, it's not quite as simple as that. It's, um, it's brought forward a number of insurers and a number of policy wordings that have been selected as those which the FCA feel there's ambiguity and therefore a prospect of success, I think, um, through going through that process. The, the first stage of that was completed in July, end of July, start of August, found in favour of policyholders. Um, there is now an uh, appeals process going through at the moment. Uh, the current update is it's been heard in the Supreme Court. I think we're expecting you know, the, the results any day now. They weren't sure whether it would be announced by Christmas, um, but, uh, but we're, we're expecting it any time now, and that will have potentially far-reaching implications for the, the yeah. insurers involved, but also the insurance industry. You know, it'd be really interesting to see if this sets precedent on how policy wordings are, are built and how, you know, clients are, are, you know, treat policy, are treated, sorry, um, when these sorts yeah. of things happen. I think it's, it's important to stress that insurance providers, insurance brokers like ourselves, we work on behalf of the client, not the insurer. So it's always in our best interest to do right by the customer. Huge news when it happens. Um, it does. Make yeah. sure you let me know. Um, so, I would say, in summary, Tom, what's your top tips for dentists going forward into the new year right now? So, I would say top tip, yeah, so I would say the top tip is um, on the indemnity side more than anything, it's gonna be, you know, check the cover you've got in place, but really focus on complaints handling as an area of risk mitigation. I think with uh, dental negligence cases, we see so many problems where the, the individual has tried to deal with things themselves and they've ended up tying themselves up in knots. And unfortunately it makes 
our job and the, you know, the insurer's job a little bit more difficult to try and defend on occasion. So I would say, you know, if you get a patient complaint, pick up the phone to your indemnity provider straight away and talk it through before you respond. Because getting that advice early on and understanding the correct process to go through is absolutely paramount, um, you know, to, to being able to defend things that need to be defended. Absolutely. Well, look, that's very good advice. So I think we had a couple of good takeaways there. That one and, and the preference of, of insurance for people going forward, you, you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. So thank you very much. I think that um, that's been very useful to know. And I think in part two of our interview, um, what we're going to be discussing, if it's OK with you, is what's to look forward to in 2021. <laughs> Let's hope there's Absolutely. plenty. <laughs> um, great opportunities for dentists to look at, ways of reducing risk. We'll be covering that as well. You're going to go into a bit more detail about complaints handling and also vicarious liability risks um, with a focus and accent on buying a dental practice, particularly a limited company, a share sale. Um, and obviously how that affects people buying or selling a practice. So there's, there's some good subject matter there. Um, what's the best way for people to reach you, Tom, to get advice on any of the subjects we've discussed today or any other concerns they might have about finance? Sure. So we have, we have um, a lot of good information available on our website. So the web address is uh, www.allmedpro.co.uk, but I'm more than happy to take emails as well. Uh, my email address is just simply tom at allmed.co.uk. Tom at allmed.co.uk, that's great. Tom, thank you very much. It's been really interesting and it's always a, a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Um, no to enjoy listening to this and other podcasts that we do, um, I welcome our dentists, our value clients, to go to our website, lilyhead.co.uk. Um, we have a library there of dental business transactions. And these podcasts are available through Apple, Spotify, and also you can see the visual uh, interviews and see Tom's lovely smiling face on YouTube. Um, finally, as always, if any of our clients need any advice at all around buying, selling, financing a dental practice, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And don't get, hesitate to get in touch with my team. As always, you can get hold of us through the website or email us at dentalbrokers at lilyhead .co.uk and the telephone number is 0333-772-0654 and uh, we look forward to picking up in our second interview in the new year. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye now. Thank you. Bye.